This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Appreciate some of your time this morning. We've got a little bit of a different show this morning. It's going to be an football Friday. Uh, Dan Zampano is going to join us for uh, just about the entire show. I actually taped the interview with him yesterday. It went a little bit longer than we were expecting, but... With everything that had been going on with the NFL free agency, especially with the Patriots, uh, I thought it would be a good time. I was planning on having him next week, but I said, with everything going on, let's just let's just do this now because it's kind of the talk uh, of the sports world, at least here in New England, because Bill Belichick is drunk <laughs> or, or something, spending all that money. Uh, so Dan's going to uh, join us here in a couple of minutes. I'm going to run the interview that we taped yesterday. Um, and uh, so that'll be most of the show. Uh, the NCAA tournament started last night. I know it wasn't the main draw, but the the first four, they call it, where there were four games last night. And I'll tell you what, they were entertaining. Uh, three of the four games were close. And actually, even the game, the Texas Southern-Mount St. Mary's game, Texas Southern won at 60-52. to 52. Mount St. Mary's out of the Northeast Conference, which has uh, schools like uh, Central Connecticut and Sacred Heart, Bryant University in Rhode Island, uh, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, St. Francis of uh, New York and Pennsylvania. It, it's a small mid-major conference. I'll tell you what, they acquitted themselves well yesterday. They lost 60-52, to 52, but they had the lead at the half. And um, so that was a good game. And then uh, Drake beat Wichita State last night, 53-52. Drake had to come back. Wichita State was up big in this game. I think they were up by a dozen. And Drake looked uh, deader than a doornail. And uh, they came back. Altree Gilbert, former... UConn star missed a three-pointer at the buzzer that would have given Wichita State the win. So Drake escapes with that one. It's the first win, by the way, for Drake uh, in the NCAA tournament in 50 years. That's that's saying something. Uh, Norfolk State beat Appalachian State last night 54-53. This was another one that was uh, uh, a great comeback by Appalachian State. They were down by 18 points. I think they missed like their first 15 three-pointers of the game. Came back, took the lead. Uh, Norfolk State wins it at the end. And then uh, the late game last night, UCLA beat Michigan State in overtime, 86-80. to So if this is a preview of what we've got ahead of us for the next uh, two weeks, I can't wait. So the main draw starts today at uh, noon. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. UConn does not play until tomorrow. Um, they play tomorrow night. And the UConn women play Sunday uh, at, I think, Another late game. I want to say it's like 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. Um, of course, the game's all in San Antonio, so difference in time zone. Uh, but if this, if last night was a preview, bring it on. Can't wait. Should be a lot of fun. Um, before we get to Dan, uh, the other big NFL news, how about the, the media deal? They signed yesterday. They signed an 11-year media rights deal for uh, a ridiculous amount of money. Over the course of uh, 11 years, it's going to net the NFL about $100 billion. It's insane. The, the biggest takeaway from this, by the way, is that Amazon has come in as an NFL partner. They are going to have the exclusive rights to the Thursday night game. So the Thursday night games will now all be on Amazon, so they're going to be streaming. So you have to, in order to watch them, you can't watch them on your cable channel. You're going to have to have um, an Amazon Prime subscription uh, to watch it. But uh, and it's costing Amazon a billion dollars a year for what 17 games or 16 games, a billion dollars a year for for 16 games. Although it may be 17 this year if they if they do decide to go to a 17th game. 
Um, the main players are all still in there, CBS, Fox, um, NBC, and, uh, of course, uh, ESPN, which is owned by Disney. Uh, they're going to pay about $2.7 billion a year. The other networks, CBS, Fox, and uh, NBC, are about $2 billion a year. I mean, it's just crazy money. Crazy money. But the, the big thing here is just that it's going to be Amazon that's going to have the Thursday night games, and you're going to have to stream it. And a lot of older folks that don't stream – are going to uh, struggle with this a little bit, you know. I mean, uh, you know, those of us that that are used to streaming by now, it'll be fine. But thank God, my mom's not a not an Amazon or I mean an NFL fan because she she struggles to she has a Fire Stick, but she has no idea how to use it. We've shown her millions of times, and she just doesn't can't quite get it. Uh, so this will start in twenty twenty three. Uh, according to so the the next two years will be the same, but starting in twenty twenty three. Uh, that is when the new one takes effect. Uh, CBS will have uh, the first Super Bowl under this new deal, and then it rotates from CBS to Fox to NBC to ESPN uh, every year, and they'll just rotate it through the uh, the course of the deal. So uh, $100 billion, monopoly money. It's, it's unbelievable the amount of money in, in pro sports these days. All right, it is uh, 11 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break for a couple of uh, commercials. We'll be back when we come back. Dan Zampano will join us to talk uh, NFL free agency. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. I mean, Not with the amount is... of cuts and then like the very quick signing. Yeah, like, it's. You know? I mean, it's it's insane. It's it's. Well, they were talking about they were talking about this and they were saying, why the heck do they even have a tampering period at all? The league year didn't start till Wednesday. And they're like, oh, the league year starts on Wednesday, and everybody was signed by, by Monday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke. It was a complete joke. You know? Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing with this extra two days? Like, makes no sense. Yeah. Just start the league year or, or or don't open it until Wednesday, you know? Like, Le- legal tampering. I love that phrase. Yeah, that's, that's the best. That's the best, like, you know, shady business. It's like the mafia, like, right now in the NFL. <laughs> so good. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So my, I was supposed to do the Cromwell Coggenshock boys game tonight, and uh, Coggenshock had a COVID outbreak. Uh, uh, I, I heard about something. So they're, like they're not playing in the tournament. Here's, or something? This is bizarre. Okay. So they they get one positive case, and all of a sudden the girls don't play their last regular season game, and they're out of the tournament. Same thing happened at Valley Regional, but they didn't cancel the boys game at the same time. They didn't cancel the boys' game until 2.15 this afternoon. So I'm wondering if the outbreak was with the girls' team. Yeah, that's that's the only explanation. That's the only thing I could think of. But I guess, you know, but then I think it was one of those things where they were like, you better cancel the boys' games or there's going to be some shit going on here because the girls are going to lose their minds. You know? Yes, they will. Yeah. That's, that's, that's bad because, like, and I, did they go to remote learning? Yeah, they just, yeah, they went to remote learning. Like yeah, they did. They went to remote learning this week. And they can't. The girls are out of the tournament now. I don't know if the boys are out of the tournament. I know that the game tonight against it was the last regular season game tonight for the boys was oh, was canceled. Okay. So I don't know whether the boys are out of the tournament or not. And the Coggenshock boys are decent. So right. you know, I don't know. Isn't Morgan? I hear Morgan's like undefeated. Uh, Morgan's really good, dude. I did their yeah. game against Cromwell in the beginning of the season. Cromwell, I mean uh, Morgan, literally had sex with Cromwell in the middle of the floor. <laughs> It, it was hilarious. Oh my god, it was gross. It was the Morgan. <laughs> Morgan's really good, really good. Yeah, I I, I played with all the because when I was there last year, I played with all those kids the last day, like the day they announced that we were going to take two weeks off. And yeah. Now we've been gone. I played ba- I played pickup with those kids after that day. Yep. And they are they've been playing together for like ten. Years. Yeah. Like well, they're they re- are, yeah they're real good. They're real good. So, all right, you ready? To, let's get this rolling. Well, look, we're gonna roll with it. If I have to, uh, if we have to go to it, uh, if I have to go to it earlier, run, the good news is I own a damn station. We can do whatever we want to do. So <laughs> there you go. It's exactly. a beautiful thing. All right, here we go. Uh, all right, uh, in three, two, one. Welcome back to the wake up call. And we were going to bring him in in two weeks after the last time we talked to him. There has been so much going on in the NFL. We couldn't wait. Dan Zampano was here. And Dan, there is nothing better than hearing the following phrase at the beginning of the week. This is the start of the legal tampering. What? Yeah. What? What is that? 
Well, it's a very interesting thing. There's 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 no better explanation for it than it is uh, mafia dealings before the season <laughs> begins. I I think that's the best explanation for it. You are you are basically getting on Monday the tampering period is allowed, so agents and players are able to now talk to teams. But the league year doesn't start till Wednesday, which we've already seen. So that's already gone through. This tampering period is makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> they even have this. Just start the league year on Monday or wait until Wednesday to start this whole thing. It is absolutely bananas what's happened because everybody's celebrating the new year, the new year at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. Everybody's already been signed yeah. Monday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I was going to so say, yeah, well, all, all the deals were done. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. So it's, but you it's, know, Gene, it's, it's, the one thing about it is it has been one of the wildest free agency periods that you can remember due to all these cuts and due to the amount of teams that don't have money. There's only a select few teams that have all the money. So that's why it's been this wild free agency, which we're going to talk about one of those teams in particular. Well, I'm sure. Well, we're going to start with that one particular team. And as mm-hmm. bad as things were last year, uh, Bill Belichick with all this money that he's had got absolutely giddy. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I kind of picture him like in his office, just kind of like rubbing his hands together and giggling, because he's got, he's got, he's spending money uh, like a drunk sailor on leave. Yeah, uh, fat guy, fat guy in the grocery store. Yeah, you know, yes, yeah. one of those things. But I mean, now it started with bringing Cam Newton back, and everybody kind of went, "Oh, good lord," you know. And I'm yeah. still saying that, by the way. But let's take a look at some of the names that he has signed, and I want to get your take on them. There's a couple of guys in particular that I really want to get your take on. Uh, number one, I love the signing of uh, Janu Smith. Absolutely. I think Janu Smith was the best tight end in this free agency class. They needed to address it. They clearly have been missing Gronk tremendously. And that what, this guy is a man-child. I mean, a man-child. This guy is 26 years old. That's the beauty of a lot of these things, too, is that all these Braden signings are guys in their prime. Yeah. All 28 and under. So he's 26 years old, 6'3", 250 pounds, runs like a deer, is just built as a human. Uh, he, he's, he's a human efficacy of what you would call a Roman god. Like he is, <laughs> he comes from the Titans. He looks like a, like one of those Greek gods. He really does. He That's his body type. But he can run in in space so well, catch everything in sight. John Smith is a great sign for the Patriots, and not the only great tight yeah. end sign. Well, before by the way. we yeah, before we get to the next one, you know who he reminds me of, mm. body wise, he reminds me of Shannon Sharp. Yes, that's been a lot of that's been a lot of um, comparisons to Shannon Sharp for him. And the beauty of it, I think the beauty of it, he had his best year. A lot of these guys are coming off their best years in, yeah. you know, contract year. Of course, you're going to try a lot harder. But a lot of these guys are blossoming as players. And John Smith could be, could be the next great tight end in the league. Well, and we know that the Patriots love to run two tight end sets. And so they got themselves another now, I say potential stud here. He had a great year last year, the issue, and we talked about this last week when we had you on. They did get Hunter Henry. It was kind of on my wish list that they get him, uh, but if he stays healthy, man, what a that that is arguably going to be the best tight end tandem perhaps in the history of uh, not just the Patriots, but in the history of pro football. Th- those two guys together, that's frightening. You remember a couple of guys named Hernandez and Gronkowski? Well, that's you know, it reminds me. yeah, it, it does. Good, that's that's the strategy yeah. because you know what? Them using those double tight ends, that's, this was the most surprising free agent signing, I think, because of the fact that Johnny Smith was signed the day before. Yep. Then you add Hunter Henry. It is like, oh, my goodness. This man, they're calling him in the New York Post at the greatest headline. Bill Bella check C H E C K. I I mean they and they threw out the the kitchen sink for both of these two guys. I mean they paid them. So them going a double tight end after after drafting two tight ends the year before in the third round yeah. tells you one thing and one thing only. They were clearly not satisfied with their draft position. They have not drafted that position well. They hit Gronkowski. Yes, that was a miracle hit. This is a fantastic signing. A little bit overpaying, but you're willing to overpay for that position 
if you're going to utilize a position and also help out your quarterback that's Cam Newton. And don't they have? Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Don't didn't they have a tight end that that sat out last year that's coming back? The Patriots. Uh, yes, Matt Lacoste. Lacoste. So, yeah, yeah. Matt Lacoste. He sat out all of last year. The Patriots actually today. I don't know if you saw this, but they traded Ryan Izzo who was their third or fourth string tight end to the Texans for a seventh round pick earlier today. Did not see so that. So that's, yeah. that, that is going to, that's going to be, or I'm sorry, early Thursday. So that is going to be something that's clearing up space to have these guys, uh, these two guys play. The two rookies are going to play. What happens with Matt Lacoste, we have no idea, but you assume that Matt Lacoste might still be a, a guy that they cut because they can still sign other free agents in the, in the back end. So, Again, these two are the best two signings. They, uh, there are other ones there, especially at the wide receiver position, that are maybe the more questionable. Yeah, you know, the, I was going to bring them up next, next, and that's Nelson Aguilar and, uh, and Kendrick Bourne. Uh, you know, Aguilar's got a lot of talent, but Aguilar's also, also had a little trouble hanging on to the football uh, <laughs> in, in his career. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, look, I, I think it's an upgrade from what they have but it wasn't necessarily, I guess, the splash that a lot of Patriot fans were hoping for. Not the splash. There are still three guys out there, although one of them has been signed. Um, Will Fuller uh, just got signed to Miami Dolphins, so that he's out. But you still have Juju Smith-Schuster. You still have Kenny Galladay still out there on the board. Um, so, you know, we're still waiting on that. But I think that they put, in the, put these guys in a position where they wanted depth at that receiver position. The Patriots have never had a, since Randy Moss, they've never really had a 1A wide receiver one guy. I mean, Julian Edelman is a slot receiver. So, right. again, it's not something that they're typically going to go get a, a big-time name at receiver, uh, which is why you can see Antonio Brown really didn't work out that well. Right. So, to, to me, I think that Aguilar was the surprising contract you're paying Nelson Aguilar $13 million to come play here. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a guy that a has never had a thousand yard career. So that's that a thousand yard season uh, is coming off of his best season. But again, has only really had two solid years in his six year career. That one was a questionable, questionable signing to me. I think they could have got him for a cheaper deal. Kendrick Bourne is a possession receiver. He's a great route runner. I think he's a perfect Patriot, and he'll put pressure on the young guys like Jacoby Myers and, and others. And we're still waiting on Nikhil Harry and seeing if he's going to get traded too. So they upgraded at the receiver position. It doesn't mean that they are amazing at the receiver position. Right. They'll rely more on their tight end. Right. Uh, an area of concern a little bit, if you're a Patriot fan, um, there's going to be a lot of changes on the offensive line. Uh, mm. Tooney is gone. Andrews yep. is gone. Yep. Uh, and you know, the, well, not yet. We don't know about Andrews yet. Well, we, we don't know where he's signed. Well, the rumor is is that he's signing in Miami. Well, Miami uh, Thursday just signed the Baltimore center Matt Skura. Oh, they did. So that has thrown that oh. has thrown a wrench into this oh, whole so, thing. You know, it's so funny. David Andrews. David Andrews could come back, but the Patriots just signed Ted Karras. Right, they just signed so Ted Karras. Yeah. So that's it's a really that's going to be a strange thing. I'm hearing Atlanta might be in the mix for David Andrews, but you can keep going. Well, there was a lot of there was a lot of speculation when the news on Andrews came out that he was going to test free agency, but he had he had mentioned he wanted to stay with the Patriots. And there was some thought that Bill Belichick pulled him into the office and said, look, go see what you can get, and we'll see if we can match it. Right. I mean, I don't right. know if that kind of conversation happened, but it wouldn't shock me. Well, Miami, with Miami signing Skura, now Andrews is probably going out there like, man, maybe I'm not going to get as much money as I thought I was going to get. There. Right. So uh, with the Falcons losing their center as well, the Falcons seem to be the most logical place right now for David Andrews to go. He went to the University of Georgia. Okay. So, you know, that's that's a possibility. But what do the Falcons have to offer him is the question. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that David Andrews comes back. I just think it's a lot lessened still because of the signing of Ted Karras. Well, and I and I think you have to be somewhat concerned. I mean, look, we already we already know that we've got a quarterback that's that's shaky, at least as of right now. That that he's our guy. You know, we also need to be able to protect this guy, and and we're gonna. I mean, there's a good chance we're gonna have guys having to learn new positions this year, are we not? 
Yes, but I think that they can work with it. I think the, the the pride of what the Patriots have been as an offensive line is this versatility. They they versatility. That's, that's I thought you, I thought you created have. a new word right I, there. I, I, I did in my head. I had a stroke there for a second. <laughs> versatility is is something that they have prided themselves on. So if Trent Brown needs to move to right tackle, he'll do it. He loves New England. Okay. If 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 Michael Onwenu, the rookie uh, from last year out of Michigan, who was fantastic, if he moved, needs to move to left guard, right guard, he'll do it. Shaq Mason is still there. Isaiah Wynn can move inside and outside. Okay. Uh, he's played those two before. I think they have still a very versatile spot. Ted Karras is clearly going to be the weak link on this offensive line, if you will. But he does have experience in the New England offense. He comes back to New England. So I think it's still a strength point. It's clearly been hit by the loss of Tooney, who, by the way, got paid. Like, yeah. Brinks truck paid <laughs> to Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, did. that is a, a beautiful, and it's a great sign for Kansas City, too, right. by the way. They needed to do that. So I, I still think the offensive line is a strong The as much of a splash as they made on the uh, with the tight ends and and some of the stuff they did on offense, they made a a pretty big splash defensively as well, especially at the linebacker position. Uh, number, let's start with number one. Uh, the signing of Matt Juden, I thought, was huge. And uh, again, this is a guy that you know, four years, fifty six million dollars, uh, thirty two million over the first two years. That was not an inexpensive signing. Not at all but it was a necessary signing. The Patriots did not get any pressure right. last year. Right. I believe there was something like, what, 18th in the league? Yeah, it was bad. Pressure rate last yeah, year. It was and bad. They, after, after 2019, and, and all I'm hearing is boogeyman, boogeyman. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. And, and all of a sudden, now they can't do anything. Matt Judon comes in, strengthens that team, adds on with Chase Winovich, and – and, and Josh Uche and Anthony Jennings and all these guys that they're looking to, to springboard from the draft positions that they've had in the last couple of years, this defense is now fierce. And speaking of boogeyman, yeah, Kyle I know Van, you're going there next. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Van, Van Noy. You know, and this is one of those where I had to look at it twice. I said, wait a minute, didn't he just sign a long-term deal in Miami? I didn't realize that he was a cap casualty in Miami. This, to me, is a steal for the New steal. England Patriots. Absolute steal. 3D chess. Why? Because the Patriots get a fourth-round comp pick for Kyle Van Noy yes. this year. And then get him back. <laughs> that is absolutely quintessential GM Bill Belichick. That is a like a chef's kiss. Mwah. I mean, that is so perfect. So Kyle Van Noy comes back. Dante Hightower is coming out of the opt-outs. Right. So those are the two more boogeymen. Then you add Matt Judon. Then you've got these three rookies and second-year guys that are and third-year guys that are going to that are supposed to blossom and can learn under these dudes. Man, I mean, their front seven is nails. It really is. Well, I know, am so excited to watch this. You game. know, and it's funny. I was talking on my show this morning. I said, and they have Patrick Chung. I didn't realize that Patrick Chung on Thursday actually retired. Yes, he, that that was sad. That was sad because he really was one of the most underrated players. I agree. I was always a big. Was I was a big fan of his. Yeah. Absolutely. He played hurt. He played. I'll never forget how well he played against the Chiefs in that AFC championship, how he covered Travis Kelsey. I mean, he they, they had a stud in Patrick Chung, and they didn't even know it until years in. He goes to Philadelphia. He's successful there, comes back, wins another title. Patrick Chung is going to be in the Patriots Hall of Fame. There's no question about really? that. By the way, by the way, yeah. only player in NFL history to have his first 11 seasons in the playoffs. Really? How about that? How I did not that? know that. That's a very cool stat for him. No so kidding. Pat Chung, a, a perennial winner. <laughs> huh. Um, they didn't. They did not do a lot uh, in the defensive secondary. I mean, I guess uh, they signed what Jalen Mills away from the uh, the Eagles. Yes. Um, but they did not address the secondary an awful lot. Um, were you concerned about that at all? I think Jalen Mills is a great sign because he, the Green Goblin coming over to New England, I love that because he can play both corner and safety. Well, that's what I was so going to ask you. Where they, yeah, that was going to ask you where are they going to put him? Yeah, I think I think that's his versatility role is that he can play both of those positions. I think that with Kyle Duggar now going to be pretty much thrown into with Pat Chung retiring, Kyle Duggar is probably going to be that 
come down free uh, strong safety okay. player that comes in the box. They can add Jalen Mills to the outside and cover some big receivers. They can add him to the to the safety position and let him float free safety and mix in with Devin McCourty. But the other thing about this whole scenario is what are they doing with the two corners? I mean, we heard J.C. Jackson is getting a second round tender. Teams can match that contract, so or the Patriots can match whatever a team offers him. If a team comes in and offers J.C. Jackson a big deal, are the Patriots going to match it? Do they have the money to do that? That's that at this point, they're probably down to about 10 to 15 million dollars, right? So it's not a lot. JC Jackson is probably going to garner somebody if he gets a deal, he's gone. That's going to be yeah. a big loss. I don't, I don't know if they'll re sign him. And then the other deal is what's going on with Steph Gilmore right now? They're not shopping him, according to Jeff Howe, but I don't know if that's going to remain that way throughout the offseason. So the cornerback position and getting Jalen Mills is kind of like a backup plan. Mm-hmm. That is the most kind of sketchy position, I think, right now going into next year. Well, uh, okay, then. Well, the next shaky position has to be running back. Uh, again, yes. no movement done there. Look, we can't get everything. I mean, he look. I'm not. I'm not criticizing anything that the Patriots have done. You can't address everything at once. But I mean, there were so many glaring holes. But they did not do anything to address the running back position. And so, you know, you know, so here we go again. And and you know, are is, are we going to be able to run the football? The difference, I think, between the cornerback and the running back position is this: the cornerback position right now has depth. Right now. Right. So we're not that worried about it at this at this time. The running back position right now has Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, JJ Taylor. That's it. James White's free agent. Rex Burkhead's a free agent. Um, whatever they want to do there, specifically, I, I'm not entirely sure what they're going to do. I've heard rumblings of guys like Mike Davis from the Panthers. I've heard rumblings of Philip Lindsay, who just got RFA'd by the Broncos. So he's gone from Denver. Um, there's a possibility that, that comes into play. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to re-sign James White. James White sounds like he's going to Tampa. And that's that. Right. Um, but <laughs> why not? But I, exactly. <laughs> why not? You know, just keep because just keep putting a stake through our hearts. Right. It's fine. Uh, but I think that they can survive with Sony and Damian Harris at this point and use J.J. Taylor as, as kind of the receiving back. They really need to add depth to that position. Though. That that position is is a, t- a place that they need depth and also at the defensive tackle position. They still need depth. I know they addressed it already, getting Davon Godshaw and getting Henry Anderson, but Lawrence Guy is still a free agent, and Adam Butler is signed with Miami. So... I don't know what they're going to do with those two spots. Running back and defensive tackle still worry me. All right. Well, the elephant in the room, and we've he's been mentioned a couple of times, but mm-hmm. now with everything that they have done, and you are going to give the keys to a much better car uh, to a guy that's you know that uh, is blind in one eye and can't see out of the other in Cam Newton. What does the, does this make it more likely that the Patriots go? quarterback in the first round of the draft we talked about this last week and we said that there's a possibility that it could happen i don't think it, i didn't think it was a likely possibility um i think defensive player is probably the most likely but then this week happened yeah. and 137 million dollars got spent yeah so the aggressiveness uh of this free agency period has really kind of flipped the script for me because there's the only way they get a different quarterback is by two ways. They trade for one or they're drafting one. So they ain't drafting a quarterback in the third round. I'll tell you that no, right now, because no. that's not a competition, right? That is not competition for Cam Newton. So if they do, that tells you one thing, Cam Newton's starting next year. But, but if they do go after a Gardner Minshew or they do go after uh, the seventh pick in the draft, to try to trade up to Detroit or Carolina or a place like that, that tells me that there is a new era about to begin in New England. And there's no more exciting spot to be in as a fan than in that position to have the new era begin. Whether that's Trey Lance, whether that's Mac Jones, I think those are the clear two targets. That I don't think I don't know if that's the two targets they definitely want, but I think it's two guys that they really like that 
they would be willing to maybe move up for. I'm starting to become a believer in the idea that depending on the way the draft goes that night, that they would move up. I, I think it depends on how the draft order falls itself out because Mac Jones could fall to 15. Yeah, I was going to say he that, could. That's you know. why I, when you said move up to seven, and I'm thinking, well, Jones isn't going to isn't going to go that high unless something really strange happens. I think that they would want to beat a team out. I mean, there's still teams that really need a quarterback. You're telling me Pittsburgh doesn't need a quarterback. Yeah, Washington well, yeah. still Washington still needs a quarterback. San Francisco still needs a quarterback if they want to upgrade. Um, New Orleans. I mean, there's teams that could easily move up. <laughs> so you know, I, yeah. I, I, I. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. If they want to beat those teams out, they're going to have to move up in the draft. San Francisco is the one that scares me because they're right. They're they're below New England. Right. So if they want to make the deal, they can do it. If they want to move ahead of San Francisco to get Mac Jones, by all means necessary, go ahead and do it. I don't think I don't I don't think it's happening yet, but I'm starting to become a believer in it. What do you think they would have to give up to move up to, to you know, basically jump seven, eight spots? Uh, I think it would be a couple of first round picks and maybe some thirds, you okay. know. I think I think you know varying degree of what what a team would actually ask for. A team like the Lions, who were stupid, probably would take less. But <laughs> um, you know, yeah. that, that's that's just me. The other interesting thing that was written this week in the in the Athletic by Jeff Howe. Jeff Howe made the case for Deshaun Watson to New England, and I thought it was interesting how he did the article. And this would be crazy. But Deshaun Watson's cap number is only ten million dollars this year. If they, if somebody were to trade for him, right, it goes up to thirty-five million after that. Obviously. Ouch! But yeah, yeah, huge price tag. Right, but it's for this year. So he makes the case that if Deshaun Watson and listen, all the chickens are going to have to come home to roost in twenty twenty-two. We know that they spent a ton of money. They're not going to have any money next year. But what did they do? They spent money on guys in three or four year deals that are in their twenties. Right. Building around the rest of the roster. Now if that means sacrificing some guys that are older, Dante Hightower, uh Devin McCordy, guys like that that are getting, you know, decent contracts that may retire after this year, then maybe you could see that be a possibility. I would be absolutely stunned if it happened, but it's a possibility. Well, you know, I was going to bring this up late in the show, but, you know, th there's that thing that came down on Wednesday night about Deshaun Watson being sued for sexual harassment all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it sounds like it sounds a little shady, to be honest with you. It sounds like it's some lawyer trying to, to you know, chase an ambulance that he shouldn't be chasing. But, I, I, you know, I, I it sounds shaky. But But I guess my point is, is that with that now, you know, Houston's already said, we're not letting him go. He's staying here. But with this kind of thing coming down, would it make Houston more likely to say, you know what, just in case, maybe we, maybe me white might want to cut ties with this guy before, you know, it hits the fan. What a strange timing. Do you not think yes. the time for this is strange? Oh. I mean, for this to come out now, it's either like my brain immediately goes to conspiracy theory. Yep. Clearly, like it, yep. it was the grassy knoll. It's the grassy knoll. Like that's that's what's going on in Houston. Either somebody is trying to leak this, maybe, and this is a very strange thing. Maybe somebody's trying to leak this to be able to take Deshaun off the trade board so that it takes heat off of the Texans, or it's putting heat onto Houston. And somebody near, and not saying near Deshaun, but somebody that would like Deshaun to be traded would say, oh, if this comes out, you know, maybe the Texans would be more inclined to trade him. It's just so funny, the timing. Okay? Yeah. I mean, that that is what freaks me out. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying it did happen. All I'm saying is that the timing for this is yeah. is. Perfect. Well, you know, I have an old saying and, you know, and it was one of those things I saw it and, and I said, coincidence, I think not, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it does, it does smell like that. It smells a little fishy. 
So. It smells like a rat. Yeah. And you know, t- most of the time when a rat smells like a rat, it's it, usually yeah, it's a, a rat. rat. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, all right. Let's, uh, let's go around the rest of the NFL. I'm just going to throw some names out at you, and, uh, and I want to get your take on some of the signings that have happened around the NFL. Let's stay, first of all, in the, uh, the AFC East. Uh, an interesting one that happened on Thursday. Uh, the Bills signed Emmanuel Sanders. Now, I know he's, you know, I, I don't want to say he's long in the tooth, but what is he, 32, 33 years old? Um, and uh, he signed a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills, uh, giving them another weapon on offense. Uh, I talked about it last week. Some of the best feet we've ever seen from from a receiver. Right. Uh, he's just so good, nimble, uh, understanding of the field around him. I think it's a very interesting move by the Bills to get a veteran guy to compliment Stephon Diggs, uh, to catch some of those more possession balls, and just give the defense something else to think about. You know, I mean, right. the guy is still skilled. He's not what he once was, but he's still a really skilled receiver. He's been in the league this long for a reason. They're losing John Brown more than likely to free agency. So I think that it is a very um, shrewd move by the Bills. That's a shrewd move. Uh, the, another team in the AFC East that has been almost as active as the Patriots has been the Miami Dolphins. Um, jo- Jacoby Brissett signs a one-year deal in Miami. <laughs> um, you know, and again, I find this interesting because Fitzpatrick left to go to Washington, so yeah. there's really you know no safety net for Tua. So does 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 Brissett go in there with the idea of being that safety net, or does he go in there with the idea of competing for that job? I think that right now they are all to it, and I think that they are just having a good backup plan. Jacoby Brissett is a is a great backup quarterback, great backup quarterback to have because he has starting experience. The reason why I say that is because of the signing of Will Fuller. Yeah, that was the next Will, one I was going to go to. Yeah, right. But Will Fuller, because he signed with Miami. I think that they are saying, okay, now we can match up Devontae Parker and Will Fuller on the outside, really put some pressure on teams. We already got Gasicki in the middle. I think that that is going to put a lot of pressure for the deep ball. It's something that Miami lacked last year was not throwing it down the field. But part of the reason for that was that Tua wasn't very good at throwing it down the field. <laughs> right. And so so there's a conundrum right. afoot here. He was so good at that in college, and I don't know why it didn't ha- really happen Last year, I just I don't really know why it happened. So uh, he has to make the jump because if he doesn't, if he doesn't make the jump this year for what they gave, what they put in as draft capital for him, it's a major, major failure yeah. operation and maybe a teardown. Yeah. And this is the guy that when he got his first start, he said, geez, you know, the only thing that surprises me is that it's easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, looks so much <laughs> easier out there. Tilla. Uh, and, uh, easier to throw an interception is what it is. The New York Jets have been almost radio silent on in the free agent process. I mean, I guess the the one uh, addition they made was they 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 got Ka- uh, Carl Lawson from the uh, uh, from the Bengals, but mm-hmm. outside of that, the Jets really haven't done much of anything. Are they just sitting around waiting or trying to figure out what they're going to do with their quarterback before they uh, do anything? So this was funny. While the Patriots were making all of these giant signings i'm sitting there i'm looking at are, are, are the jets like awake like do yeah. they know what day it is yeah. i mean like I, I i was very confused what joe douglas was doing then they make the Corey davis signing right obviously that was a big signing for yep. them yeah they get an offensive weapon then they make the carl Austin signing good defensive end they, they're gonna pair him with quinn and williams okay then i'm sitting there like but the jets have like every other positional need of every <laughs> Like of one team that needs more help, it's them. Right. So it's to me, I'm like, you have still, it's still at this current time, they still have $50 million in cap space right now. So wow. to me, I'm sitting here like, what on earth are you doing with their offensive line? I mean, your offensive line really, they, they miss out on Joe Tooney. They miss out on Skura, the, the center. Yep. I mean, they're missing out right now on, on David Andrews. Alex Mack became available, one of the better ones. He's out. Uh, Rodney Hudson from the Raiders, which I'm sure we'll talk about the Raiders, 
gets traded to Arizona. They're out, they're out on that. They miss Trent Brown. Where, are they going to sign an offensive lineman? Yeah. Because it certainly sounds like they're not going to draft one right. in the first round. Right. So of what, what are the Jets possibly doing? And my only explanation for this is that they're going to continue to tank into next year. Really? They're going to continue to tank into next year because that's what the Jaguars are doing. Look at the Jaguars. Have the Jaguars signed anybody? No, no, true. The Jaguars are, th- those two teams are tank a palooza for 2022 <laughs> because they know that the cap rolls over to next year. Right. So to me, I, and you're right, I think the number one question is, I think, is there a market for Sam Darnold? Is there a market for Sam Darnold? If not, do you keep him on the roster another year, sit him behind maybe Zach Wilson, maybe Justin Fields, or have them sit behind him? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It's it's all in Joe Douglas's mind and somewhere in Never Never Land in, in East Rutherford. So to me, I, I I am still kind of shocked, but not shocked by the Jets' ways they've moved. You know, and the way the Jets are, they could be one of those teams that could throw the entire draft into a tizzy too, because they could. because they're one of those teams that has been known to do really weird things on draft day. Uh, you know, and and so you, I, if look, I told you, and I told you, if it was me, I'd be drafted offensive line. Right. I'd be drafting offensive line. If they go out and draft a quarterback, I mean, maybe people really don't think it sounds like NFL draft scouts don't really think that Sam Darnold is all he's cracked up to be. Somebody could pick up Sam Darnold if they wanted to and turn him into a reclamation project. And he's not to me. He hasn't shown that he's that bad of a quarterback. Right. I think he's had some really bad coaches and some really bad talent around him. He he could be like how Carson Wentz is to the Colts, a, a reclamation project. Um, I was going to bring up the Steelers, but I really don't want to because I, they just annoy me. But they've done nothing worthless. either. I mean, other Absolutely than worthless. you mean other other than signing their own players and and signing a quarterback, you know, who is uh, 112 years old and giving him a ton of money, which is good for him, I guess. But uh, they've done absolutely nothing. But the team that uh, <laughs> is uh, we thought the Patriots were active, the Houston Texans between. <laughs> Between, you know, uh, free agent signings and trades, I mean, they're going to have a completely new roster come September. Yeah, they're going to have a new roster that you don't know any of the yes. names of the guys that are playing. No I idea. Mean, that they, they uh, Marcus Cannon, huzzah! I mean, what a great trade. I mean, like, Marcus Cannon was on the way out anyway. Great Patriot, like, played really well. That guy's got one or two years left. I mean, right. he's not part of a rebuilding process. No. Ryan Izzo is not part of a rebuilding process. They cut Daniel Fells today. They're, they're not, they haven't resigned anybody. I mean, uh, to me, the Texans are the biggest known. They are the front runners to me for number one overall pick in the 2022 draft. Really? That, to, that they really are. If Deshaun Watson does not play next year, or at oh, least yeah, doesn't well, play for most of the year, yeah, well, uh, they're going to be rival with the Jaguars. They're going to be right there. I mean, seriously, they have the number five pick right now, and they had J.J. Watt and, and Deshaun Watson on the team last year. They just can't use it because Miami has it. Right. Number three, rather. So, I mean, Houston is a complete lost cause. They are in rebuild city mode. And until they figure out the Watson thing, that's all screwing them up. Well, uh, you you mentioned them already as a, a tanking team, and you look at what the Jacksonville Jaguars have done, and you you know you, they've got a long list of things they've done. But again, it's one of these things where you go, how are they beating anybody? Yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're, they're not. They got they signed Shaq Griffin, whoop de doo, great good good corner. But you know, if you don't have anybody to throw to, I mean, there's nobody there. So they they make these great signings, Gene. Philip Dorsett and Carlos Hyde. I mean, can yeah. you, you think he, I screaming pro bowler to me? Right. I mean, it's it's you know Jacksonville is is years and years and years away uh, to me, just like the Jets, they're years away. But I, I just wanted to mention one thing. Mm-hmm. I think that the the dumbest team right now in free agency, and it's by far, it is a stunning amount of ludicrousy that is going on in Las Vegas. What the Raiders are doing yeah. might be the most ridiculous offseason I have ever seen. They have dismantled their offensive line, their best part of their team. Right. They signed Yannick Ngakwe, who has been on four teams in two years. And gave him a lot of money. Gave him a ton of money. Yeah. They asked Marcus Mariota to take a pay cut, and he may or may not have said yes, we don't know. 
and then go out and sign Kenyon Drake today <laughs> when they have a thousand yard running back. Yeah. I mean, so you dismantle your best part of your team that helps your quarterback play and helps your running back go to get another running back. I, I, I am, I, am I missing something? Is there, is there some type of like message out there that means no offensive line needed anymore in the NFL? We're playing seven on seven because <laughs> if, if we were in seven on seven, John Gruden would be the king of this. But yeah. I, I, this is a tra- Al Davis is rolling and rolling, rolling, rolling in his grave. Well, it's, and, it's sad. And, well, and not for nothing. I mean, that's great. You got a thousand yard rusher. You get Kenyon Drake, but if you can't block anybody, it's not going to make a bit of difference. You know, I mean, it, you're not going to gain any yards anyway. Um, Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson is a top two center in the league. Yep. And they just, oh, yeah, Arizona. Go ahead, take him. No problem. I mean, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. It's going on. Well, we mentioned the Jets, and, and uh, now let's get to the Giants. Again, yeah. another radio silence kind of thing out of New York with the Giants. I mean, outside of giving Leonard Williams the franchise tag, what have they done? Uh, talk about that. I mean, he got paid. I mean, yeah. he just got absolutely paid. Uh, I wouldn't have paid Leonard Williams that much money. I'll tell you that right now. I, I think that was a overpay if I've ever seen one. Now the Giants have no cap room. That's one of the issues here. Yep. But my, from what I'm hearing, is that Kenny Galladay will be there today. It will be there. Was there last night, Thursday night? Okay. And is now rumored to be the favorite uh, for Kenny Galladay. The Giants are. Okay. So that would be a great signing for them because they can add. They got a big body receiver to go along with Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. And 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 I don't think that there is a more important year for a quarterback than this year for Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones really has to make the leap this year because otherwise I think I think there's going to be a lot of people calling for uh, maybe next year's draft, seeing some of the guys that are coming out that people would, would call for a, a new, a new quarterback. I really, I really believe that. So Kenny Galladay would be, a really nice, a really nice addition to that offense, but the Giants have been quiet because they really don't have a lot of cap space. Um, the Chicago Bears. Uh, oh boy! <laughs> the, Andy Dalton is going to Chicago on a one-year deal, but again, you know, is he going there to compete for the job, or are they bringing him in as a ten million dollar backup? Yeah, those those thuds you're hearing are people jumping off a building in yeah, Chicago. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. not good. No, it's, it's not. It's not good. It's a, uh, you know what? That's a that's a typical bear move. We talk the Bears have is Andy Dalton the new greatest Bears quarterback of all time. Right. <laughs> I mean, is that where we're at? Right. Like the Red Rifle going to Chicago means one and one thing only that they are. Uh, Patchwork and bubblegum at the quarterback position again. Right now, is he a is he an upgrade for Mitch Trubisky? You would I be. ask you that. I, I well, there you go. I asked you that question in all seriousness. Yeah, no, I think he is because I, I think he is too. I really do. So, uh, Andy Dalton is a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. Won some games late in the year for Dallas last year. Is he the long term answer? Is he an answer? No, clearly not. The Bears don't have anything else around him. Right. I mean, what, what what else is on the Bears roster that makes you nervous in any way outside of the 17 tight ends that they have? <laughs> I mean, you know, like yeah. Allen Robinson is a franchise tag. He ain't playing there if they don't get a contract extension. If he didn't get a contract extension. Right. I can promise you he will hold up. I promise you. So to me, it's like the Bears are going to keep, obviously, themselves in games with their defense. And this is going to be the same old Bears. It's just going to be the same old Bears at this point. Well, what else is new about them? Nothing. A big signing for the Packers, and it wasn't a free agent signing. They re-signed their own guy, getting Aaron, giving Aaron Jones $48 million bucks. Big that, money. That had to happen, didn't it? Big money. Yeah, I think, listen, I, you look at running backs, and we say if you pay for running backs, you're a sucker. But <laughs> to me, Aaron Jones is more than a running back. Yeah. Uh, he's more of a versatile Kamara McCaffrey style of player. He's a weapon that you can throw to. He's a weapon that can run the football. They got a nice complimentary with AJ Dillon back there. That needed to happen just to satisfy Aaron Rodgers. 
Now, if they don't get the deal done with Robert Tunyon and, and that whole RFA thing, I hope that they do because that would be a big loss for them. Yep. That guy had like 11 or 12 touchdowns last year. They need to do that. But as far as Aaron Jones is concerned, it's a good signing for the package. Uh, by the way, a free agent signing from right here in Middletown, Connecticut. Former, former Xavier High School quarterback Tim Boyle, former backup to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, signed with the uh, Detroit Lions to back up Jared Goff. Oh, God, God bless him. God well, bless hey, him. look, you know what? He'll be playing. He'll be playing next year. I was going to say, words, at some point, playing. yeah, because Goff's going to get hurt because the Lions are going to get him killed. And, uh, you know, so Boyle will probably get a chance to play, but it's a one-year, $2.5 million contract for a kid that played, you know, a half a mile from my house and, uh, and good for him. Good for him. Absolutely. Great, great for him. I, you got to represent CT sometimes. All there's right, not so, enough people. So there's there's still, as you said, a few guys out there. Um, Galladay probably is going to be a giant. Where do you think Juju Smith-Schuster lands? Uh, isn't this perfect what we heard today? The, the new rumor mill that circulates is that the favorite right now is the New York Jets. I hadn't heard that, really. So, so, so the Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, what better place for – for a TikToker to land. Wow. So yeah. it would just be so quintessential Jets. It would be the stog and pony show circus of New York media. <laughs> and he would try to, you know, do all. Uh, can you imagine the New York Post oh, headlines? Oh, the blast. Of his TikToks and oh, all these different things. Yeah, yeah. And and then he goes out there and drops three or four passes in a Monday night game. I mean, for a two, and, four, gonna, for a two and 14 team. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is it is going to be fodder the likes of a Jimmy team. I know everybody's all excited about Bobby Saleh coming over and coaching the team. Yep. It's a lot harder to coach a professional football team than it is to call defenses. I am very skeptical right now about, about the Jets' future. I really am. All right, so to bring this all back around full circle, um, getting back to New England, everybody you know that's a Patriot fan is giddy about what they have done in this offseason. For now, the most part, yeah. For, yeah, no, we still uh, with Cam Newton, not so much, but yeah. uh, you know. But let's say they don't draft a quarterback in the first round. Let's just say that that, and I hope I'm, I hope they do. But let's say they don't. With what they have done right now, and knowing Cam Newton is possibly going to be our starting quarterback, what can Patriot fans expect? What do you think the upside would be for this team next year? The ceiling, um, I would probably say that they are a divisional round playoff team. Okay. The ceiling. I think that I don't know if they can win the division. I do have my reservations about the Bills doing this back-to-back years. Um, but at the same time, as good – I think the Patriots got a lot better. Think about this, Gene. The Patriots were not a bad football team last year. They were an average football team last that's, year. That's true. And I know that's yeah. I know that is I know that is pulling strings a little bit, but they went seven and nine with this guy. And now they have vastly upgraded the weaponry that he has available to him. So I think they're clearly a playoff team, at least. They're probably sixth, fifth best team in the AFC. It all depends on him. It all depends on if he is willing to put in the work and do another prove it contract deal, which he has, then they should be in the playoffs. And if they are in the playoffs, they are a threat. That's the way I'll put it. They are a threat to go to the Super Bowl if they are in the playoffs because of their coach. What is the basement? What what could go wrong here? A lot. A heck of a lot. There could be a lot of problems. And, and I'm now, not. I don't, and I don't even mean. I'm not even talking injuries. Let's just let's just assume everybody stays healthy. You know what? What? What are the worst things that could happen? If Cam is clearly laboring, mm-hmm. uh, it, again, it all depends on him. If Cam is clearly laboring, there could be a call for a midseason acquisition of somebody. If there's a quarterback, they almost out. have to, don't they? If he's struggling with the money that they've spent in the off season, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think Robert Kraft would just say, "Look, Bill, I don't care what you think about Cam Newton. You're doing something, and you're doing it now." He's expendable. Yeah. yeah. If they, if they, if they are losing games, and and the key for this is if they're not competitive, like if they play like they did against San Francisco last year, or they play like they did against the Rams last year, and they're not competitive, yeah, then. 
then it's time to make a big change. And to be quite honest with you, I think there would be a lot of people calling for Bill's head if that's the case. Really? Because he's the guy that put Cam in this spot. He has put all his chips on the table so far on Cam Newton. And if that project fails, there's going to be a lot of people calling for blood. See, I, you know, and it's funny, and I, and I, I agree with you here. I'll, I agree with you on that part. But I don't believe that this is a project for Bill Belichick. I don't believe that. I believe he did. I believe he re-signed Cam Newton knowing he was going to draft a quarterback. That's what I believe. You really, you really believe? I that? really believe that. I, I, I look. This guy has shown himself to be a very intelligent coach. He, now, he hasn't always drafted well. We, You and I both know that. But he has shown himself to be a very intelligent guy. I cannot believe, with everything that we watched last year, that Bill Belichick could have been sitting in his office and say, I can work with this. There's no way in hell he was saying that. But he might have been saying he's a better backup than the other two clowns I have on my roster right now. <laughs> and, and, and I believe that he has been planning to draft a quarterback from the beginning. That's what I believe. See, th- this is where I di- This is where we differ because, th- to me, you don't name a quarterback a captain if he's not in your plans. To me, he's a captain of the team. I mean, if you th- and and then think about this, Gene. At the same time, is that in reality, Tom Brady never really got paid that much money. So Belichick, to me. I don't think he values the quarterback position as much as <laughs> which, most people which, like to think. Which is the dumbest really thing don't. ever. I really don't. I really, I really don't believe that he does because he has been helped out by Tom Brady taking less money for 20 years. So, and I'm not saying it's Bill and I'm not saying it's Tom. I'm not saying that, but clearly he doesn't believe in paying these guys 30, 40, $50 million a year. And, and if he hasn't drafted one, so he's looking at the 31 year old Cam Newton and saying, huh, Maybe I can get this guy for the next five or six years to kind of finish his career nicely in this area and maybe win some more championships with because his value is. Well, and you know what? It's a fair point, and you may well be right. All I think he looked – what I think was is that when he was watching the Super Bowl last year, he threw up all over his living room you, you, <laughs> and, and said, okay. Okay, I've got to do something different because, you know, look, you know, I tried, I tried it you know, thinking my system could, you know, we could get Cam Newton in there and, and my system could make things work. And it clearly didn't. So I think that was what bothered him. You may you be think, right. You think, you think Brady winning this year pissed him off. Oh yes. Oh yes. I do. See, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into that as much. I think him going seven and nine pissed him. <laughs> I don't really think I don't really think yeah. I yeah, okay. I don't really think it had much to do with Brady. Okay. Right. I, I really don't. I think yeah, Brady might have been a slight reason, sure, you could maybe read into that. They went seven and nine. They haven't had a losing season in what, since two thousand I'm trying to even think. I can't even remember now. Two thousand? Is that the last time? I mean like might have been. They haven't had a yeah. losing season for twenty years. Yeah. I mean, that's unacceptable in New England. So to me, with this quarterback position thing, and we're talking about this, this is where the debate kind of rages and the narrative is that I think Bill is mad for two reasons. They went seven and nine, and they drafted like garbage. Well, he's, they only, well, had, he's, they, only, he's no only got himself. Plan. Yeah, but he's only got himself to no blame. Plan. Exactly, and I think he's mad at himself. I really do. And obviously, they had the opt outs and COVID and all those things. There was no post Brady plan. It was Never. ruined the yeah. day Jimmy Garoppolo got traded. Yeah, it was ruined. Yeah. Jared Stidham was not the guy. No, nope. and he knew it. He knew it. That's why they never. They could have had any one of those. They could have had Teddy Bridgewater. They could have had whoever they wanted in free agency last year, and they chose to wait and they chose to get Cam Newton. That's it. I mean, that's 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 the whole kit and caboodle about. Well, we're going to find out in a few weeks who was right and who was wrong. Well, I, I, we are. I, I still think they draft a quarterback in the first round. I, th- I hope so. Yeah, I, I hope so. At this point, they have to because to me, you've 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 thrown good money after bad if you don't address that particular. I mean, you know, you can have all the weapons at tight end and wide receiver you want, uh, but if you've got a quarterback that you know throws more interceptions than touchdowns, you got a problem. We're praying to the gods of football, <laughs> of football's kingdom here to smile once again on Bill Belichick, who might himself actually be one of those football gods reincarnated. 
and and just go out and get the guy. If if you want one of those guys, if it's Mac Jones or Trey Lance, go get him and let's roll, baby. Let's do it. Well, Dan, I did not plan on this being an NFL special here on a Friday Sports Country <laughs> Radio uh, wake up call, but uh, this was very entertaining. We could have done another hour because there's a lot of names I didn't bring up because I just knew we didn't have the time. But I can't wait to see what happens. And, and we'll talk in a few weeks, uh, you know, prior, prior to the draft and, uh, and and see if you've been able to read the tea leaves any better uh, as far as the Patriots <laughs> go. Because I know you're good at that. You and Bill, uh, you and Bill are tight. Uh, Oh, yeah. Me, I got him on line one next to the Dalai Lama. Yeah, that, that's totally. Dan, I'm good. I can't wait, Gene. Six weeks away. It's going to be so fantastic. And until then, I can't wait to be back. You know, you know, I tell you what, I, I can't wait till draft night just oh. to watch what you tweet. That's oh. I it's going that's going. I'm going to have a bowl of popcorn next to me as I watch your <laughs> tweets roll in. It's going to be oh, fun. I, I, th- I have a feeling I've lost a lot of followers over the last couple of days with the with the excessive tweeting about all of this. So, but it's all good. It's all fun, and I cannot wait for that night because this could literally change the future of the New England Patriots. I'm so excited. Well, enjoy the uh, weekend. Enjoy the next few weeks uh, as we all uh, stay giddy until uh, the reality comes crashing down on draft day. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio.